This is week number three in our study in the book of Ecclesiastes, Life Under the Sun. We've been seeing that living a life apart from God, not factoring in the eternal, not factoring in the heavenly, the biblical perspective, living as though there was no God, that's what it means to live life under the sun. King Solomon, the author of this book, which is really his autobiography, uh, he went for a run away from God. He, he literally realized he was drifting, he was far away from God, and he went and he had this test experience. That's what the book of Ecclesiastes is all about. His conclusion, we've seen the last two weeks, life under the sun is meaningless. Life without God winds up being hopeless and helpless. Last week we were in Ecclesiastes chapter 2, and we saw in chapter 2, Solomon takes a plunge, a deep plunge, into the world of pleasure. He's trying to find meaning through laughter, through comedians. He's trying to find meaning in life through the best food, the best parties that money could buy. He wanted to find satisfaction in life by building massive, ornate palaces, by building amazing houses, planting vineyards and forests. Solomon wanted to determine, if I use all of my wealth, estimated at up to $2.2 trillion in today's money, if I just buy everything my little heart desires, thousands and thousands of servants to take care of my every little whim, he built an army, carved out fortified cities all around Israel, 12,000 horses, 1,400 chariots, and he showed off his wealth by covering everything in pure gold all around his palace, his throne, Oh, and just for kicks, I think I'll cover 500 shields with pure gold. That will shine, that will shimmer, that will impress. And then Solomon built his harem, Ecclesiastes chapter 2. 700 wives, 300 concubines. Why? He wanted to find out if sex could satisfy long term. Could, could that meet my deepest needs? And look at his conclusion, Ecclesiastes chapter 2, verse 11. Yet when I surveyed all that my hands had done, what I had toiled to achieve, everything, all of this plunge into pleasure was meaningless. A chasing after the wind, nothing was gained under the sun. I'll say it again. Solomon leaned into pleasure as king. And he used his massive wealth, his unlimited authority, to test the, the boundaries of pleasure. And he went far deeper, and, and he went wider, and he had the means to, he could afford to go way further than any of us could ever imagine going. And yet his conclusion was meaningless, empty, chasing after the wind. Today we're going to look at Ecclesiastes chapter 3. And Solomon kind of turns the corner here in Ecclesiastes chapter 3. 
And he's going to give us a drone's perspective on this parade of life that you and I march in. Tracking with me? He's going to go up high and look down, and he's going to give us a drone's perspective on planet Earth and all the things that you and I regularly face. Now, we're, we're going to cover uh, the first eight verses as far as reading a little differently than we normally do. So I need to ask you a question. Can you handle different today? You up to a little, little change of pace? Can you handle that? Okay, that's good. Okay. In the fall of 1965, uh, personal question, how many of you were alive in the fall of 1965? Okay, about half of you. Uh, there's this song that shot up the Billboard Hot 100. Uh, this was secular radio. Okay, you need to understand something. This was uh, secular radio. It would have been AM radio in those days. I picture Larry Lujak, who is uh, the big AM king, playing this song in the fall of 1965. And it's pretty amazing because the words to this song are taken almost verbatim from the King James Version of Ecclesiastes chapter 3. So it's pretty amazing. This, this is one of the top songs, fall 1965. Uh, this is what's going on. Watch the screen. This is a song by, sung by the birds. Turn, turn, turn. Seasons of life, years of life, uh, decades of life. They just keep turning. That's the idea. You can sing it if you know it. Go ahead.
feels a little different. That's verses 1 to 8. We're going to pick up in verse 9 and read through verse 14. If you're able, would you stand with me, please? Let's uh, continue with Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Here we go. What do workers gain from their toil? I have seen the burden God has laid on the human race. He's made everything beautiful in its time. He's also set eternity in the human heart. Yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. I know that there is nothing better for people than to be happy and to do good while they live. That each of them may eat and drink and find satisfaction in all their toil. This is the gift of God. I know that everything God does will endure forever. Nothing can be added to it. Nothing can be taken from it. God does it so that people will fear Him. Let's pray. Lord, once again, we want to stop and say thanks for uh, this very unique book called Ecclesiastes. Lord, I consider it a gift. Because the truth is, Lord, this is how most of the world thinks. And this is how we think, even though we know your son Jesus, when we're not walking with your son Jesus. So thank you, Lord, for showing us what the result of thinking that way will be every single time. Lord, uh, I ask that you'd help us to focus and concentrate now been kind of a wild and crazy few weeks here, and uh, Lord, help us to think about your book and not about the weather or things that need to be done or things that are going to happen. Lord, help us to hear from you today as we dig in and study. I know for a fact, Lord, that some here today have had a tough and a hard week. Lord, even some who are watching right now on Facebook uh, I'm asking that you might bring hope and understanding to the trials and the difficulties and the trouble of this world. Thank you for giving us answers. And all the church family gathered in your church this morning said with one unified voice, Amen. You can be seated. Solomon is going to offer uh, a solution today for the first time. Up to this point, he keeps trying stuff, and he's really not got any answers, but he wants to give some solutions. It's almost like a little break here in the action for all the meaninglessness, the hopelessness, all of the vanity and chasing after the wind. Now he's going to give us a little parenthesis, and it begins with two words in verse 1. Would you look at it? Ecclesiastes 3 on your phone or in your Bible. First word is everything. He says, everything, there's a time for everything under the heavens. Important word. Second word that's key is seasons. He says there's a season for every activity under the heavens. Now I want to just pause and I want you to go back to chapter 1. Hold your spot there. Because... This is quite similar to how he begins the book in chapter 1. Uh, verse 3, he, he's talking about meaninglessness and there's nothing here. And he says, 
he concludes verse 3, as they toil under the what? The sun. Slide down to verse 9. And he says, there is nothing new under the Okay? So he's, he's talking about similar things in chapter 1. But when you go to chapter 3, now look at verse 1. He says, for every activity under the under the heavens. Just note, he, he's switched gears here on us, okay? First, he's talking about under the sun. That would be life apart from God the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. That would be living life far away, not taking God's word or God's plans into account in our everyday lives. But now here, verse 1, now he's saying, but I'm, I'm going to talk right now about life under the heavens, which is very different because we're going to see in chapter 3, he's going to factor in the God of the universe. And he's going to talk about how the God of the universe needs to be factored into everything under the heavens. Very different. And he's going to talk now today about the God of the universe being involved in everything under the heavens. God is ordering, start with verse 2, ordering every season, every activity with purpose and meaning. In other words, when you're under the heavens, there's a plan and a purpose for all of life. You didn't see that in chapter 1, but here in chapter 3, suddenly now, there's purpose, there's meaning, there's a plan. Solomon is telling us, I finally realize, now he's at the end of this search, the end of this experiment, he says, I finally realize that I'm not in charge or in control of anything. Now, at first blush, we don't like that, do we? Everything that happens in our lives is out of our control. How many of you like to be in control? Go ahead, be honest. Okay, let me, let me go a little further. How many of you, when you're in the car, insist on driving? That will probably, uh, yeah, okay. Uh, that's me too, okay? Uh, we like control, but now Solomon is saying, you know something? After all of my decades of experimenting, I've realized that everything that happens in our lives is actually out of our control. Look at verse 2, and he begins. We don't choose when we're born. None of you arranged for the date. You, you didn't say, I want to be born on this day at this time. Are you ready? It's out of your control. It really is. And unless you assume the role of God which is why it's a problem when you take your own life. Uh, we don't choose when we're going to die either. That's God's prerogative. We don't choose when we're born. We don't choose when we're going to die. Keep going. Verse 4, unless you're an actor or an actress, you don't choose when to cry. If you're really truly crying and there's real tears, you don't choose that moment it just comes. And it's also true, verse 4, and we don't choose, I think I'm going to laugh right now. 
Because, Ryan, if you do, that would be called a fake laugh. That's not a real laugh. If you choose when you're going to laugh. When you laugh, that's out of your control. Now, here's the truth. The typical American, we look at verses 1 to 8, and we say, I like some of these things, and I don't like others. So I think I'm going to pick and choose. I like to plant flowers and gardens, so I'll take that one. I don't care for weeping, no thanks, I'll pass. You understand? We look at these verses and we say, this is like the dollar menu at Taco Bell. And, I, and I'm, I'm there at the drive-up window and they ask me what I want and we holler out to God, um, I think I'll have two dances, verse 4, and I'll take two embracings, verse 5, and I'll have three 99-cent laughs, last part of verse 4, please. And hold the guac and hold the jalapenos because I don't do funerals and I don't do mourning and I don't like killing and I don't like war, verse 8, and I don't like hate. That's how we view these, these verses here. Uh, and if we could choose, if we're honest, under the heavens, we'd choose all the fun, happy, enjoyable things in life, wouldn't we? If we, could, if we could have it, I'm, I'm just going to choose these, and I'm going to skip every time something hard, something painful, something difficult comes my way. Every time. I, I'd look at that, and I'd say, uh, I don't want that. In my, that hurts. That, that's bothersome. That will stretch me. That will be troublesome. No thank you. But he's saying here, we, we don't get choose under the heavens. Go back to verse 1. There's a time, there's a season, there's a purpose for how many things? Okay, four of you got it. It's the answer's in verse 1. Okay, here, follow along here. Here we go. There's a time, there's a season, there's a purpose for how much here under the heavens? Okay, I think you got it. Everything. Solomon is wisely explaining something to us here. There's planning and there's purpose under the heavens. In the joy, in the laughter, there's planning and purpose. In the tears and in the mourning, there's planning and there's purpose. I just want to pause for just a moment and I want to talk about what are the options. You can either live life under the sun, there is no God, there is no planning. We're all just products of random chance, naturalistic evolution. I and you are nothing more than highly evolved amoebas. Look at your friend next to you and say, you are just an evolved amoeba. Go ahead, tell him, tell him. And then, and then you, you say, well, that sounds bad, right? That sounds hopeless. Uh, there's... There's no personal, we're all just impersonal, naturalistic, random products of chance. That's one option. And I'm just telling you, life under the sun, and, and Solomon's already been exploring. If that's your viewpoint, that's very sad, that's very joyless, there's no satisfaction there, there's no hope. Option number two is this, there is a living God who is personal, and he's working all things out for our good. And he knows what he's doing, 
And he's actually working it all together, and he's got a plan, and it's a beautiful plan in the end. That's the other option. And I realize there's shades, but the truth, if you boil them all down, it's really one way or the other. You're living life under the sun, no God, this is all just random evolutionary chance. Or there really is a creator, and he really does know what he's doing, and he's got a plan and a purpose, and he's working that out in our lives. That's his point. That's his conclusion, okay? Uh, I, I've come to this conclusion. Now, he continues in his evaluation of this world. Look at verses 9 and 10. Here's what he said. What do workers gain from their toil? So when you're working hard, you're sweating, you're giving it your all, you're working overtime, what do you gain? Verse 10, I've seen the burden God has laid on the human race. Solomon said, I've been on this journey and I'm testing and evaluating. And he says, when we work hard, you look back at your work and you said, it doesn't feel like I gain much by my hard work. You ever feel that way? <laughs> I've worked hard and I got very little to show for it. We sense the burdens, the trouble of living in a fallen world, is what he's saying. Disappointment, sorrow, sweat, pain, real stuff. Verses 9 and 10. He says, that's what I've discovered, but I love verse 11. You ready? Here we go. He, he's talking about God, life under the heavens, has made everything beautiful, key words, in its time. He's made everything beautiful. Here's the problem. It's not always beautiful at the moment, but it's beautiful in its time. He's also set eternity in the human heart. Think about it. In our hearts, we know that we have eternity. There is a God. It, it, you can deny it. You can push it away. But he said, I built that in you. Yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. Solomon is sharing his wisdom with us here. Got it? And, he, and he's saying, I've been on this decades-long search, and here is my conclusion when you're living under the heavens. I've discovered that every little tear, every sorrow, every step is moving toward a conclusion. And he said, look at verse 11. A beautiful conclusion. Isn't that interesting? It's not just he, he's got a plan, but it's actually a beautiful plan. And even though life feels like it's out of control, he's saying under the heavens, when you're viewing it life that way, there's an awesome creator. He brings purpose and beauty and meaning when you're living under the heavens. Slide down to verse 14. Here's what he says. I know that everything that God does will endure how long? He's not a short-term God. Nothing can be added to it. Nothing can be taken away. God does it so that people will what? Hear him. So we say, I don't think I like that. God wants us to fear him. Um, Psalm 111, verse 10, Proverbs 9, 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. 
The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, meaning that God is wanting and waiting for us to acknowledge that there's more to life than just life under the sun. He wants us to wake up and realize, you know what? There is life under the sun. You can live that way, but he wants us to come to the conclusion that, you know what? There is purpose and meaning and beauty when we recognize that everything under the heavens has a plan and a purpose. He knows what he's doing. Some of us stubbornly refuse to accept this, don't we? I, I, don't, I don't like God's plan right now. I'm not enjoying his purpose. Uh, and we get miserable and we get sad. Listen, and we're living away from God. And now we're stubbornly saying, I don't like what's going on in my life right now. I'm angry, I'm pouting, I'm sulking in this season. I'm sulking and mad about everything. Anybody? Yeah, right. <laughs> I've been there to myself. And can I just say, this isn't just for atheists or agnostics. This isn't just for unchurched people. He's talking to people who go to church and believe in God and say, oh yeah, I follow Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Because... When God is starting to do things in our life we don't like, when God is allowing things and mixing things in our lives that we're not enjoying, we're mad at God because we're not in control, we're, we're despising this season that he's allowed into our lives. And I'm just saying, that's very real and some of us were there at times, maybe you're even there today. I like the fun, I like the enjoyable, I like the sweet seasons of life, but I despise and I reject the hard and the painful and the sour seasons of life. It's the way we're wired, I'm just telling you. I want to illustrate this because I want you to understand what's going on. Um, I need someone who enjoys baking or you enjoy eating baked goods. So that opens it up a little, a little wider for you. So you either enjoy baking and you're, um, you're up to doing some taste testing for me today. Do, do I have a volunteer? You're, you're going to look really fine because I have a wonderful uh, apron here for you to come and be my taste tester. So, so who's going to be my tester? Do I see a hand? Come on up. Come on up. We, we need you. So we need to know this. Uh, do you like baking, Lynn, or do you enjoy eating baked goods? Do you? Good, good. And, and you're, you're okay with uh, trying out some stuff for me? Yeah, because I wear one six days a week. Do you? Okay, very good. That's right. Yeah. This is Lynn Southwood, everybody. So, so welcome him. Yeah, yeah. He's the brave Spider-Man right here. Yeah. Boom. You're all set. Come on down here with me. And uh, no, no, you don't have to change your voice. You're doing good. Yeah. <laughs> Although I chose not to take that when I am alive. <laughs> it was. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. It is. Yeah. Those little bells. Uh, okay. Here we go. Um, we have ingredients uh, that we're going to mix here, Lynn. And we're going to mix them up 
but I want you to do a little taste testing uh, as we mix and assemble things. And be thinking, because this is the way that God Almighty works in our lives. He brings ingredients into our lives at just the right time, and he doesn't even ask us. He just brings them, and he mixes them together in this bowl called life. Okay, so the first thing we're going to mix together is um, a cup of sugar. Um, would, you, would you taste test that for us just to make sure, tell us what you think. Uh, you can take as much or little of that as you want. Okay, okay. And your conclusion is? <laughs> it's sweet, right? Right, okay, okay. So we'll say that's, that's the fun things of life, right? That's when the Lord brings in a season and you get to love and you get to do a little dancing. And isn't that great? Everything's wonderful, okay? Um, the next ingredient we're going to mix in is uh, some butter. <laughs> and because you're our taste tester, there you go. You get to, uh, you get to help us out there. Uh, Okay, I've always heard that make your hair greasy. I don't know if that's true or not. When you, when you, no? Tell, tell me what you're thinking of butter. It's, uh, it's butter baked in stuff. Yeah, right, right. So that's why we're adding it into stuff. And normally we don't eat much butter all by itself. No, no, it, it's, it's good. But, and I would say this is like mixing in. What do I, what do I have here? Uh, some gathering and some giving up. It, it's not awful stuff, but, it, but it's not always the, the funnest stuff. This is going to be great. <laughs> this is all-purpose flour. <laughs> so since you uh, are, well, I'll let you figure out how much of that you want to take <laughs> before I just dump it on you. Oh. just add that in. So, <laughs> so obviously, <laughs> there's going to be some pretty bad tasting things that get mixed into our life. You okay? Okay. <laughs> we'll call that uprooting. <laughs> we'll call that losing stuff. Uh, we've got more things <laughs> to try. This is a vanilla extract. <laughs> there you go. It's kind of like cough medicine, it looks like. That real is vanilla extract. Yep, it really is. So, uh, t tell... I 
Yep. <laughs> Sorry. Who, who knew? <laughs> we'll call that a time where the Lord's mixing in uh, disappointment and discouragement. Oh, yep, yep. Okay, we just continue with the greatest hits here, Lynn. Baking soda. <laughs> this is a real live ingredient. I got this off a real live recipe. Just want you to understand. Well, I'll let you figure out how much of that you <laughs> Baking soda. Okay. Well, you got the water here if you need it. Okay. Okay. We'll, we'll dump baking soda in. Uh, it's kind of like... A little bitter, isn't it? Oh, it's pretty yeah, pretty bad tasting. And uh, we have those elements to our lives, do we not? <laughs> I have good news. We've arrived at brown sugar. <laughs> okay, brown sugar. And, and do you like brown sugar? There you go. He loves brown sugar. And impressions there? Delicious brown sugar. Uh, that's like when we, when we have times of peace, when we have the sweet times, we get to laugh and enjoy all sorts of good stuff. Uh, we continue on three more. Are you ready? Salt. How much of this can you handle? There's no popcorn. I'll, I'll let you figure out how much. Really? Yeah. What branch were you in? He was in the army. Okay, so when you have salt, the Lord is uh, spicing up our lives a bit. Uh, it, it, yeah, puckers up your mouth. <laughs> okay, uh, a little, little searching, a little tearing things up. Yeah, that's true. Okay, um, if you're going to have omelets, you've got to do what? Yeah, yeah. Um, how about you crack one and I'll crack one? There we go. Takes two weeks. Well, we'll see. He wants to know if he's going to have a chance to eat. Uh, we'll see. No salmonella for you. No, no, no. Oh, you can. You can. Just a minute. Just a minute. I have a Clorox disinfecting line. Go right ahead. Go ahead. We're gonna, we can put that right back in the box. And now you can clean your hands, and it's so wonderful. Uh, again, yeah, it's wonderful stuff. Uh, if, if you're going to go through life, at times things break. Things get broken down. And uh, we have one final ingredient. Chocolate, semi-chocolate, chunks, semi-sweet, sweetness. So there you go. You've worked hard for that. Okay. Yeah. Mixing that right in. Okay. What are you thinking? Awesome. <laughs> you're a chocolate fan? Okay. 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 Now you're going you're gonna to be God now. Now mix all of those ingredients together a bit for us, would you? Some of the ingredients that you've uh, tasted were yummy and tasty. And some of those ingredients were uh, bitter and sour. Here's the point. The God of the Bible, the God of the universe under the heavens is mixing together all sorts of different ingredients 
into the bowl of our lives, into the allotted time, okay? And some of them we like, right, Lynn? Some of them were really good. And some of them were really nasty. Yeah, yeah, you wouldn't want to do that again, okay? So, don't try this at home. But here's the cool thing. When the master baker is finished with his creation, he's got something really amazing in store for us, you know? So just like you see on TV, they mix and they match uh, through the wonderful magic of the store. <laughs> see what you created? Uh, you, you, you deserve to. fun. We almost killed him. <laughs> Look at verse 11. Here's, here's, to me, the thing that we need to hold on to here, and that's that God has made in time everything is beautiful. Okay? You know, some of you might be in the oven right now, and it's feeling kind of hot, uh, you might be with a particular ingredient that God's mixing into your life right now, and you're saying, I'm, I, I, it's bitter, I, it's sour, I'm not enjoying it at all. Here's what you've got to hold on to. Look at verse 11 again. He's making everything beautiful in its time. I want to show you a song. Some of you have heard this song. It's kind of an older one. Um, but it literally was written with this verse in mind. How many of you are familiar with In His Time? Okay. Well, here's what's going to happen. I don't do this very often, but I'm going to sing it to you a little bit. And I'd invite you, if you know it, you can sing along with me. Uh, if you don't know it, if you don't feel like singing, that's okay. You can just listen and digest the word. You ready? Here we go. In your time. In your time, you make all things beautiful in your time. Lord, my life to you I bring. May each song I have to Thank you for bringing wonderful, fun, enjoyable times, ingredients to our lives. And I know some of my friends right now, that's what they're enjoying right now. They're on the mountaintop, and the stuff that's going on right now is sweet and savory. And thank you for those times. But the reality is, Lord, there's also some who are here today who are dealing with an ingredient in their life that you 
perhaps just recently added, or maybe they've been dealing with it for some time, and it's sour, and it's painful, and it's difficult. So Lord, I want to pray especially for them right now. They're not enjoying what's uh, happening as that ingredient gets mixed into their, their life. And I pray specifically for them that verse 11 would be true for them. That they would know at core that you have a plan, that you have a purpose, that it's not just some random accident, but that you're working. And the end result is going to be something beautiful. Also recognize, Lord, Satan, the enemy, whispers during times like this. Jesus doesn't care. He's mad at you. He wishes he never would have picked you. You deserve this. Job had friends who said, you must be in sin for that ingredient to be in the bowl of your Apostle Paul said, Romans 8, 28, God's working all things together for your good. To those who love him, he's got a plan and a purpose. Faith is, am I going to trust my feelings right now? Am I going to listen to the whispers of the enemy, the bad advice of my friends? Or am I going to trust what Solomon has concluded, what Paul in God's word says? That's the choice. When you don't like what's going on, are you going to, you're, going to, you're going to do it according to what God's word says is true under the heavens? Or are you going to drift and stray or even run away and live life under the sun? Anyone say as we close, you know, the stuff the Lord's mixing into my life right now is really hard, really difficult. I'm not enjoying it at all. Matter of fact, I'm wondering, does God even care? Pray for me, Pastor Jeff. I need to not trust my feelings or the whispers. I need to trust what God's word says. Anybody says that's where I'm at right now? Just like to pray for you. Yep. Who else? I'm in a place right now I don't like it. And I'm not liking what God's mixing into my bowl. Yep. Are there others? Anybody in the balcony? Yep. We pause right now and we just acknowledge, Lord, under the heavens, we're not in control. And Lord, there's a part of each of us we don't like not being in control. But we're grateful that you are. So I want to pray for my friends who just acknowledge they're in a really hard, difficult, painful, sour place right now. And I'm asking, Lord, that you'd work powerfully. Help them to trust your word. Help them to trust Solomon that you know what you're doing, that you actually do indeed have a wonderful, beautiful plan in store. You're going to make everything beautiful in time. 
Help us to hold on tight. Help us to encourage one another. We love you, Jesus. If you need somebody to talk with you, I'd encourage you. Make your way to the prayer chapel. Make your way over to the, uh, the corner over there. We've got some folks that will pray with you specifically. Listen. Um, encourage you. Cry with you. Whatever you need, they're there for you. Thanks, Lord, for your book. It's in Jesus' name we pray all these things.